You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Looking ahead to the franchise tags here, we look at uh, Dak Prescott and what could be his uh, situation here. Will the Cowboys tag him again? Will they extend him? And also looking at key players who could receive the franchise tag here. The window is open. It's open until March 9th here, so we'll see what teams are locking up some key offensive skill players. And uh, one of those includes Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver from the Lions. And that's the team in our spotlight today for our 2020 season in review, 2021 offseason in preview. We're up uh, to the second team in the NFC North. Again, we went through the entire AFC East, the NFC East. We went through the AFC North, and now we started the NFC North. So getting close to a, talking about half the league here at the end of this week. So again, we'll break in if there's a, some important news, a trade and reaction there. We did cover you on uh, Carson Wentz and that deal from the Eagles to the Colts on Monday. So we'll be on top of that as well. But we want to continue the series of looking at teams, and we did actually get into the Lions earlier by breaking down this Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade in depth, the fallout of that. So that's obviously a big change for the Lions, but we can uh, still look at them in depth here, what we expect. A lot of changes offensively for them already with Dan Campbell taking over as head coach and Anthony Lynn, the former Chargers head coach, as the offensive coordinator. So Lions are up today. That would mean uh, Green Bay is next to the Packers and then We'll have the Vikings, so those will be the next two teams in order we take a deep dive into from the NFC North. So, Lions, we looked at Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. 15th overall Stafford was in scoring. 16.9 points per game in fantasy football. 22nd, Jared Goff was 18th with 16.87. Yeah, it doesn't get much closer than that. And 23rd in scoring. So, Stafford and Goff were back-to-back deep-cut QB2s in 2020. So what do we expect here from Jared Goff in this offense? Well, a lot of things are changing. We know it's not the same offense at all with Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel gone. So Jared Goff now goes into, strangely, uh, another Los Angeles uh, refugee, so to speak, here, Anthony Lynn. So Anthony Lynn did a great job last year with Justin Herbert, turned him into a real fantasy football force as a rookie. So it might be the right guy to get Goff back on track to put up some numbers here in this offense. And Goff doesn't have the same running game sensibility or dedication that they had in Los Angeles. That's where they leaned from Todd Gurley and then went to Cam Akers. And they had a great defense there last year. So the Rams didn't really want to make Jared Goff more than a caretaker. They didn't try, but we know he's a guy when he's on point and they've got a lot of weapons in the passing game that he can put up some big numbers. We've seen that in games against the Vikings. We've seen that shootout with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, that big Monday night game where both teams went over 50 points. So he has that capability of gunslinging and putting up some big numbers here. So 
I think just by the nature of Stafford going to a defensive-minded team that can run effectively and win games in different ways, while Jared Goff takes controls of an offense that is going to probably have to support a bad defense here, still rebuilding under Dan Campbell and the new coaching staff. So, again, that was the case with the Chargers. They weren't all that great defensively. They had some holes there that developed, so you had a lot of Justin Herbert throwing. They were aggressive, so that will help in not making Jared Goff a caretaker not reining him in so Anthony Lynn will have that mentality here so again I don't know if Goff will morph into Stafford and Stafford morphs morphs into Goff I think they'll still have some of their own personalities here but the offensive swap here really favors Goff to put up just more pure passing numbers versus Stafford where I think he can be more of a careful manager of the game which is going to be good for him winning games in reality and that's why the Rams acquired him not for the fantasy football stats potentially there but golf again lines i could see throwing a lot in this offense going back to that they'll still have a lot of work out of the backfield but i think deandre swift will be used more deftly as a receiver we saw that with the austin eckler and the chargers under anthony lynn he became a big time producer all around as a versatile scat back so that's good news for a lot of things in this offense so jared golf Again, the biggest question mark will be wide receiver. We'll get into that in a little bit in our final couple segments here. But yeah, Jared Goff, I do like the upside to creep in. I mean, 15 and 18, when you look at those numbers for the quarterback that was Stafford and the quarterback is 18, not too far from deep league QB1 status. So it doesn't take a lot. Can Jared Goff bump up to that 18, 19 points per game quarter? I think he can. This this year that's what we're looking for as close to 20 is what we're looking for for a decent starting quarterback above 20 pushing to 24 25 is what we're looking for in that elite starting quarterback in fantasy football especially in six point touchdown passing leagues now we did mention deandre swift and we'll talk about the running back situation in this segment as well before we take our first break deandre swift the rookie it was a slow start him getting the ball we know there was adrian peterson we know there's carry on johnson well he finished 18th overall 20th in terms of average points per game in half point ppr 12.8 adrian peterson after being involved uh, quite a bit and getting some touches uh, fell down to 45th with 74 7.4 points per game so deandre swift finished as a solid rb2 in the end yeah, if you look at top 24 in a 12-team leagues, half-point PPR, DeAndre Swift, nearly 13 points. So you're looking for the 14-15 point range to really turn the corner and maybe push for RB1 status. But yeah, Swift is locked in now. This new coaching staff is going to trust him to be a workhorse, get, give him a lot of the key touches here for the Lions. Anthony Lynn looking at it. I mean, he's had both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I think Swift has a lot of elements of both receivers here. And runners so you look at uh, what they can do in the backfield gordon and eckler catching the ball but you also look at uh, the power running swift has it all he's a complete back so yeah swift is going to have a lot of buzz as a potential rb1 now that there's limited competition peterson is a free agent so that should open things up they could also move on from carry on johnson will look at the lions cap situation and uh, draft picks and all that good stuff nuts and bolts with their offseason in our final segment but peterson He's a guy that's already lobbying to go be signed by the Buccaneers. So that tells me Peterson doesn't want this rebuilding type situation. He wants to look for one last place to potentially get a Super Bowl ring as he just continues to defy odds and continue his career well into his 30s. 
So there you have it. So Swift, yeah, we've liked his upside as jumping into the RB1 status. Jared Goff may creep into it as well based on the situation here. So we still need to talk about the wide receivers, tight ends, uh, kicker, and defense here in terms of uh, what we saw from the Lions in 2020. But before we do that, i got to tell you, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you'd imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use a mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to review what the Lions did production-wise at wide receiver and tight end from last season. All right, so let's uh, pick up the show here in a moment. But first, I got to tell you, you got to check out the new Locked On Today podcast, especially today. Tiger Woods, unfortunately, was hospitalized after a car crash early Tuesday morning. Host Peter Bukowski gives you the latest details on that. And get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So, well wishes to Tiger, and we'll find out more with the Peter on that show. All right, so let's look at the Lions wide receivers. They had some success there with Marvin Jones. He had a really slow start. He was almost droppable in some leagues early, but a big thing happened where Kenny Galladay went down with a hip injury and uh, didn't even make it to the second half of the season. So Marvin Jones ends up with 11.9 points per game. 17th in overall scoring. So he was in wide receiver 2 and 22nd in terms of average points per game and half point PPR. So 22nd for Jones in that format. So Marvin really came on. He was a force in the second half. He was a plug and play wide receiver 2. No brainer. He was without Galladay. Every game that Galladay continued to miss with the hip injury and he kind of was strung along. We thought he could come back and he didn't practice and he never was really put on IR. So it was a bizarre situation with Galladay. Before he went down, he was 11.2 points per game. That's 30 seconds. So, again, not too big a kind of drop-off between those two guys. But, yeah, Galladay certainly wasn't the conversation. Look at that, 11.9, 11.2. And Marvin Jones wasn't doing too much until Galladay went down. 11.2 kind of held up. That's how key Galladay was uh, there, that he was still pretty productive at that 11.2 when healthy. So, again... Jones's production probably doesn't get to 11.9. Anything we're close to that, probably more in the 9-10 range. Had Galladay not gone down, and Galladay been healthy, he could have built on that 11.2, pushed to 12 here, and really got into the wide receiver 2 status. So the question is, we'll talk about that a little later, but Marvin Jones versus Kenny Galladay. Both these guys are free agents. So is Danny Amendola. He had a few moments in the slot, but nothing to look at fantasy football-wise. So yeah, they have some decisions to make at wide receivers between... These three guys, Galladay, Jones, and Danny Amendola. But there is some production to be had here. Jared Goff is establishing himself with new receivers. Who will be the go-to guy? We know Stafford liked Jones a lot, so now Jones could be gone as well. Stafford out the door. Will Jones end up in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford? We'll see about that. But you figure they're going to do everything they can. We talked about Galladay getting a franchise tag. He's totally expected to get it. That means he's not going to go anywhere. Lines are going to have to make some adjustments. We'll get into that later. But Galladay... 
It has to be the priority for Jones. Jones is on the other side of 30. Galladay is in his prime. He's a big-time receiver with his speed, playmaking ability, and uh, red zone size and all that stuff. So there's a lot of things that you love about Galladay. He's a real number one in every sense of the word. Jones, very good number two. He's had a great career with the Bengals and Lions, but probably moving on to his third team. At tight end, there was a nice success story here. TJ Hawkinson, he finished fourth, folks. Yeah, fourth there at uh, 8.9 points per game overall in uh, fantasy football half-point PPR scoring. So he was good. And it was not a very good season for tight ends. We know that after Travis Kelsey and uh, Darren Waller, not too much consistency. Mark Andrews was a little bit hit or miss there. Rob Gronkowski had some big games, but could disappear at times. George Kittle wasn't healthy for a lot of the season. So Hawkinson, very special receiver. Speaking of George Kittle, another product out of Iowa. He can catch passes. He's really separated himself as expected from Noah Fant, his former Hawkeyes teammate, being a more complete tight end. He can stay on the field, block there for the running game, but also catch passes, finish in the red zone. So Hawkinson's going to have a big role no matter what here with Jared Goff. They didn't really use Tyler Higbee and Jared Everett consistently with the Rams, but Goff does like throwing to the tight end. And you have one here that's special in Hawkinson. So if Jones moves along, you have Galladay. They're going to have to find some help at wide receiver, either with another ancillary veteran or look at a rookie. Hawkinson's going to have a big role regardless here, playing off Galladay. So Galladay stretching the field is important for Hawkinson. Gets open on the short to intermediate routes and really can make things happen. So really excited about the prospects of TJ Hawkinson. Anthony Lynn did work with Hunter Henry, so that should uh, translate well for Hawkinson. Similar type tight end, complete skill set, can go downfield, catch the ball, but also, again, big target in the red zone. So this offense, really this transition is going to help really nicely for TJ Hawkinson. And there will be some challenges. How do they get the ball downfield with Goff? Do they trust him and throwing deep, setting up the running game for play action and all that? But Hawkinson, regardless, is going to be a big part of what they do, and he's going to stay on the field for most of their downs here in uh, key receiving situations and uh, really be an asset for Swift as well and uh, helping him get some production on the ground. Now at kicker, Matt Prater has been the guy that we've looked at in fantasy football, but he finished 22nd with 7.3 points per game. So well off the radar. Part of it was Lions weren't scoring points consistently. They were getting in the red zone and scoring too as well with uh, Stafford and some of these uh, weapons. So again, Matt Prater... Not a guy that I'm totally looking at for fantasy football relevance. It could be the end of line for him. I know he has a big leg, and that's why we put him in sometimes. He can make the 50-yarders. He kicks indoors. But that's the only appeal there for Matthew Prater. Uh, as you move on from Matthew Stafford in Detroit, Prater could be out the door as well. And the Lions, there had to be one team that finished last in defense special team scoring in 2020. A big reason why Matt Patricia was fired, and they went offensive-minded 32nd, they were 1.8 points per game in most formats here for the Lions. That's microscopic. And Matt Patricia, again, had some playmakers. They invested in Trey Flowers and Justin Coleman, and they got Jeffrey Akuda in the draft. They got Desmond Trufant. But they're going to have to mix up more things. I think Jeff Akuda is the guy that you can hang your hat on in the back end. I think they can improve their edge pass rush. A lot of problems with the Lions overall defensively against the run, against the pass. Must improve, and uh, Dan Campbell and his coaching staff is going to have their work cut out with the help from uh, Chris Spielman and, and the new front office there, really trying to make it work uh, there. Brad Holmes came over from the Rams and uh, made that Goff-Stafford deal. Well, he's going to have to do a lot here to help rebuild the defense, 
And it circles back to why Jared Goff could put up a lot of points. This team is likely to be trailing a lot more in a 2021 with a rebuilt defense. I don't know if we can get much worse defensively, but I don't expect a big turnaround there with Campbell and Lynn being more offensive-minded guys coming in that are going to be just as critical here with the big transition there at quarterback. All right, so there's a look at the Lions and their situation here at uh, the other positions after a quarterback and running back. A wide receiver, certainly concerned. Tight end, not. And a kicker and defense still need a lot of work to be relevant. So in our final segment, we will look here at uh, the Lions, the salary cap situation, what they have draft pick-wise, what free agents they are concerned with. But before we do that, i got to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. That's simply what it is. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser as well, with caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and their six new flavors. That goes with their 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, peanut and bread, Mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All the bars you get from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All the bars you get from Built Bar are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for anyone on the keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their coconut almond, one of their... Many delicious uh, bars that taste like a dessert. 18 grams protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams sugar, only 5 grams net carbs. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Once you go to Built Bar, is a protein bar of choice. You will not go to any protein bar. That is for sure. The mix pack, get one now, and you won't be disappointed. And... The protein bar that tastes like a dessert, absolutely delicious. Uh, get on board with the Built Bar now. We'll be right back here to look at the basics of the Lions offseason here going into 2021. All right, let us uh, close the show in a moment here. We'll look at the uh, bad cap situation for the Lions. Uh, not a very good free agency situation either. So, And uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them for sure, at least in uh, Brad Holmes's first year i do have to tell you to check out wednesdays on locked on nfl as they take a dive into the future of your favorite nfl franchises tony wiggins and james rapian are joined every week by lockdown draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young nfl players fresh in the league did your team have a big rookie performance last season or are they hoping and shaping up to have a premier draft pick in the 2021 draft get everything you need wednesdays on locked on nfl subscribe to locked on nfl wherever you get your podcasts all right, so now we can uh, move on here to uh, the final look at the Lions, what's setting up here. They're $8 million over the salary cap, which now is projected to be around $180 million, probably a little bit more than that, but not much more. So they're going to have to make some decisions. I think there's some easy cuts that they can make. on Johnson is the one that they might look at offensively, but the rest may be looking them defensively. You got Desmond Trufant and uh, Justin Coleman, two overpriced older corners there. Danny Shelton not doing much in the defensive tackle rotation. Veteran that's bounced around from the Browns and Patriots and other teams. Nick Williams also, they can recoup some money. So they're going to have to cut some money just to include uh, the Kenny Galladay franchise tag around $16 million here. Just a shade under that. So Galladay figures to be franchise tag. He's their big free agent priority here. That they need to look at. Marvin Jones, that probably means saying goodbye to him. They can't afford both Galladay and Jones once they make the moves. 
you're probably going to say goodbye here to Adrian Peterson here, Riley Reef. Uh, they've had some other guys in there at uh, offensive line. They could make some changes there as well. Uh, they moved on from Reef quite a while ago, so they've uh, been consistent about cutting other salaries like that. So maybe some more moves like that. Or Joe Dahl is a potential guy that uh, expected to walk here for the Lions. And then you have Matt Prater, the kicker. Again, I wouldn't be too jumpy to get Matt Prater back, maybe look in a different direction to kicker, but Lions really have to save money and go that direction here. So, yeah, some offensive line changes could be in store. Definitely some receiving changes. Uh, backfield is going to be handed over to Swift. Good shape at tight end with Hawkinson. And, again, kicker, defense, special teams, all those things are probably going to see some dramatic changes here under the new coaching staff under Dan Campbell. Now the Lions draft picks are not that great. Their trade with the Rams was really to acquire future first round picks. This year it's not so deep here that uh, what they get for Brad Holmes. They have number seven overall. Part of it is the Rams were a little bit handcuffed because they had the Jalen Ramsey trade. We're still not having the ability to give them a first round pick with the Jaguars still having a pick there. So that's what limited the Lions from getting immediate return. But number seven overall, number 41, number 72, those are their picks of the rounds one, two, and three. Then they actually only have uh, three more picks after that, number 89, number 103, number 137. So Brad Holmes might be trading down and moving up and down the board if they don't love what's at number seven. We're pretty sure they're not going to go tight end with Kyle Pitts. They're probably not going to force quarterback if they don't have to now with the golf in the mix. So you're probably looking at a receiver. Will Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith come in there? Either one of them are ready to replace Marvin Jones. And Jones, uh, if you look at the, either Chase or Smith with Galladay, that would be something special to watch. Will they go after Micah Parsons to help at linebacker and uh, clean some things up on the second level, get some playmakers there? Parsons, wherever he goes, is going to be an IDP asset here. Second round, will they take a chance maybe on Kyle Trask and stashing him? Or do they look at the, one of the deeper receivers of a Taurus Marshall of a LSU Falls there at 41 or Rashad Bateman? He could be a good compliment to Galladay out of a Minnesota. They could definitely look in those directions there for a complimentary receiver and really focus on defense with the first pick. Or maybe they want to get in more 12 personnel and say, hey, Pitts is a special receiver. Hawkinson's a great inline blocker. We go there. So we think they would go against Pitts, but... Lions might be in best player available mode overall with, with Brad Holmes. So that would make a lot of sense. I mean, Lions need a lot of help in a lot of places. Uh, again, tight end would be a bit of a luxury pick for them, but I couldn't totally rule it out for them. We figured they're not going to go there. Quarterback, again, you can't totally rule out. But again, with Goff in there, he's a pretty young veteran. I would uh, try to table it because the Lions have so many other needs and you have some good values at uh, wide receiver if you go that direction or tight end and linebacker if you go there. Offensive tackle could also be something, but I think uh, Panay Sewell will probably be gone out of Oregon. You don't want to reach too much for Rashawn Slater there. So again, I would if I was going to bet, I wouldn't say wide receiver or linebacker here for the Lions to, to uh, be their first pick, and whatever they don't address there, they'll pick up at number 41 and go from there. With limited resources, they got to be hyper-focused about their picks. So less luxury with quarterback or tight end and more necessity with wide receiver, linebacker, and other spots of their defense here in 2021. 
So there you have it. There's a breakdown, comprehensive look at the Detroit Lions, what we just saw from them in 2020, what we can expect from them in 2021. They do have some challenges to overcome here in the offseason, but at least they know their quarterback situation. They know that uh, they've got two special young skill players there in Swift and Hawkinson. So that's a good start, building blocks, and uh, again, Campbell and Lynn, a good coaching staff there to get the most out of this team offensively. All right, thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Next show uh, there, uh, barring some breaking news, we'll be talking about the Green Bay Packers. So break things down with uh, Aaron Rodgers and that dynamic offense. Uh, Packers, however, also have their share of challenges for 2021. That's what we're doing here. We'll get to every team here. So we've uh, knocked out here on the show 14 teams. We'll get to 16 here soon. And then uh, half the league, and we'll get the rest of the half here before we uh, get into the free agent period and all that. So good stuff all around here on the Lockdown Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.